God is good all the time. Amen. Come on, just say that with me. God is good all the time. We are living in such an amazing season. God is moving on the earth. You know, Dee and myself, in the last eight months, we have gone to over seven, eight nations in the last seven months. And I want to tell you something. God is alive and well. And sometimes living on an island like this, you may just think, well, you know, we're the only ones left. But you're not. There's millions and millions of people just like you waiting for the return of Jesus, wanting to see God's glory. There's a hunger. There's a hunger all over Europe right now. And uh, I want to tell you, I'm excited about that. But I'm more excited about being here on Maui with my family, being part of this family over the last couple of days and hearing what God's been speaking about. I don't want to tell you, I really feel great deposits were made since Sunday. I really feel that. I feel that God was speaking to people specifically, not just through the prophetic. And tonight we will do some prophetic ministry. But I believe that the word God was giving you was like a navigational tool. And God is saying to the church, this is prophetic, I want you to be prepared. I want you to be ready. There's an outpouring. I know that the prophets are speaking. There's a lot of guys that are speaking about famines and droughts and pestilence and sickness and another pandemic. I, I, I understand. I hear that. But it's not something new. It's not, and nothing's new under the sun. How many of you know that it's written in the Word of God? That in the last days, all these things will start to happen. But the Bible also says that in the last days, as gross darkness covers the earth, so God's power will superbound that of the devil. You've got to get that in your spirit. That is something that you've got to turn into revelation tonight. That in the last days, although it looks dark, God's glory will cover the earth. Now, let me ask you a question. Who's God's glory? You are. The church will rise up. Hey, Brother Jeff. <laughs> Praise God. I just heard a, a significant sound. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so, and so we've got to be ready. How many of you know that this is the season for the, for the courageous, for the strong, for the prepared, for the visionary? Amen. Come on. This is the season. So don't be left behind. Don't be stuck out there in religion. Get around God, because what I'm speaking on tonight was probably one of the most prophetic messages God has ever given me in a long time. I get a lot of stuff from the Lord. Amen. Come on. And so tonight I want to speak about the characteristics of the new wineskin, what the new wineskin will look like. And so in our minds over the last couple of years, we've seen different types of wineskins. But there is a wineskin that Jesus is coming back for. And isn't it amazing when you go to Mark 2.22, and let's go there right now if you've got your Bibles, that Jesus actually compares our relationship with him to pouring wine into wineskin. Here's the new wine. And so let's go to Mark 2.22, and uh, let's just read um, just a couple of things here. Mark 2.22. 
And it says, I'm just going to read from verse 9 and we're going to get straight in the word. Let's just pray. Father, tonight in the name of Jesus, I thank you that you would impart and establish and deposit into the lives of these people, God, everything that they need, every desire of their heart to be met, every dream to come to pass. God, we thank you that this atmosphere is charged with faith and hope and expectation. God, we are an expectant people. God, we want to see your kingdom come. We want to see your kingdom established on the earth. And Father, I thank you that every one of these people tonight, Lord, are heirs of your kingdom. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. And so Mark 2.22, but I'm going to read from verse 19. And Jesus said to them, Can the friends of the bridegroom, how many of you know that we are friends? We are friends. Jesus calls us friends. It says, can the friends of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. But the days will come, and I believe we are in those days, when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and we know that's true, and then they will fast in those days. So fasting is not negotiable. Fasting is a lifestyle. And we've got to get into that mode of realizing something. Fasting moves the heart of God. It's not about you starving yourself. It's about the heart attitude. Amen. I do this because I have an attitude. I have an intention. I have a desire to see God move and display his glory in my world. That's why I fast. Amen. Come on. And so we've got to understand, no one, no one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth. Now, I used to work with cloth. Many, many, many years ago, when I just met my wife, Dee, we lived in Cape Town, and I worked for a massive um, uh, company, Atlas Textile. It was a big textile company. And I, we would go to the big factory and buy rolls of fabric. I worked for this company, rolls and rolls and rolls of material that they would go and they would take it through a process. Every shirt, every little bit of fabric that you are wearing, you're actually wearing fabric. Just look around. There's a lot of fabric in this room. But do you realize that that shirt you're wearing was once a, a bi- on a big roll and it had to go through a process? And the process it went through was they had to make sure that when they, when they, when they created the garment and you put the garment in the washing machine, it didn't go from an extra large to this big. So they had to be make sure that everything that, you, that they put together in a garment had been tested so that it doesn't shrink it was, it was tested not to shrink. So you don't, you don't sew an untested piece of garment on a new garment. That's what he's actually saying. And so, and, so, and so it says, no one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment or else the new piece pulls away from the old and the tear is made worse. And the other um, um, example, how many of you remember in the old days, in the olden days? How many of you come from the olden days? You know, we get to a certain age and now we speak about the olden days. Amen. When you had a, a rubber tire inside your bicycle tire, and then if you got a, 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 a puncture, you cut out another piece of rubber and you glued it to that piece of tire. Amen. But if you didn't do it right, what would happen, Jeff? It would, it, it would leak. It would pull away. Amen. Come on. And so you would be riding around with your bicycle thinking that piece of rubber that I stuck on that 
hole is going to hold and then it just pulls away because you use the wrong glue. Amen? Come on. You use Bostick. Remember Bostick? You don't have Bostick here? Gorilla glue. Oh, everybody knows Gorilla glue. But you see, that was the olden days. We didn't have Gorilla glue. And then it says, and verse 22, and no one puts new wine into old wineskins, or else the new wine will burst the wineskin. The wine is spilled, and the wineskins are ruined, but you put new wine, must be put into new wineskins. I like the, the words he uses, must put it can't, no one, I love those words because it's building a scenario for us to understand that you don't put new wine. Jesus cannot come and live in an old wineskin. I meet a lot of people that get born again, get saved, get delivered, go to church, sing the songs, speak Christianese, but they've never become a new wineskin. And it's almost like you can, when you take two magnets and both of them are the north side of the magnet, you know it's got south and north or plus or minus. When you put plus, plus together, it keeps on doing this because it just cannot connect. And many times I meet people that are born again, but somewhere along the line, they just have not connected with Jesus. Just something's not making sense. And when you speak to them, you realize that they never fully surrendered to Jesus. Jesus became their Savior, but Jesus never became their Lord. There's never been a surrender. There's never been a crucifixion. There's never been a death. You know, how many of you know that baptism is actually a death? Baptized in Christ. I've been baptized. I've been crucified with Christ. And so a lot of us walk around with the idea of God. We have the intellectual part of God, but we don't have the heart of God. Because why not? Because we become, we old wineskins and we expect new wine into, new, into old wineskins. It just doesn't work. Amen? Come on. And so we put new wine into new wineskins because the new wineskins have the potential of growth and expansion. I love working with new wine. When I was in South Africa and we had our own safari business, I would take people on wine tours. And it was awesome to go into these old wine farms and see how they filled these old wineskins or these brand new wineskins. And it was actually the, 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 the skin of lambs. They would use the skin of lambs or the bladder of, of animals and they would fill those things up with, old, with new wine. Amen. And it was amazing to see. And it was the guy said, if you want wine to really mature well, put it in a new wineskin. Amazing. And so it, it, there's something there. So let's go quickly to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And I want to read another scripture to you because I'm just laying foundation. The characteristics of new wineskins. I don't know what your prayer life looks like, saints. But I want to tell you right now, if I was you and I am you, I'm part of the body of Christ. My prayer every single day in my life, in my prayer life, is God, I want to be a new wineskin. Lord, I want to be a new wineskin. Why? Because I want to attract new wine amen come on god is not working through an ineffective stagnant old church he's not doing that anymore god is attracted to new wineskins because new wineskins speaks about a new heart god wants to give you a new heart in the season let's say new heart, new heart. 
Not an old, God can't work with an old heart. And this is what I say. Yeah, people say, well, this is the way I'm wired. You need to repent. That tells me that you're not prepared to give up the old wiring. Well, this is just who I am. God knows my heart. Yes, he knows your heart, but he can't work with you because you're an old wineskin, you funny looking thing. You need to become a new wineskin. What does that mean? It means there needs to be a brokenness. There needs to be a supernatural. You need to know what it means to have died with Christ. Amen. People are looking, people are waiting for the church to offer something that's full of fragrance, full of life, full of joy, full of peace. They're not interested in religion anymore. Amen? Amen? And so 2 Corinthians chapter 3, let me just read a couple of verses here from verse 12. Therefore since, listen, therefore since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech, unlike Moses who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away. But their minds were blinded, for until this day the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament, because the veil is is taken away in Christ. The veil that you and I had can only be removed through Jesus. Jesus said, all those that have become a new creation has become what? A new creation. All all those things that have become new, God says, has become a new creation. Old things have passed away. Everything has become new. And so in other words, we move from old wineskin mentality to a new wineskin. And when we become a new wineskin, Jesus himself is attracted and he pours himself into this new wineskin because then we can say, I'm no longer of the law of sin and death. I'm now part of the law of life, which is in Christ Jesus. So you've got to choose tonight and this week, which law do you want operating in you? Do you want the law of sin and death to continue to operate in you? Or do you want the the law of life which is in Jesus to operate in you? Because if the law of life which is in Christ Jesus operates in you, I can tell you right now, there will be signs, miracles, supernatural exploits operating around you all the time because you've retracted the new wine. Amen? And there will be no ambiguity. There will be no misunderstanding. When people meet you, they'll be meeting somebody that's so full of life, so full of joy, so full of healing, so full of revival, so full of life, so full of light, so full of the kingdom, that nothing that's chaotic can stay the same. Come on, church. Are you hearing me? You've got to get this into your spirit. You've got to absorb this. You've got to get it in and say, God, that's it. I know what I need to do. I need to become a new wineskin in this season. I've got to attract the new wine. Because listen to what it says. It says here, but even to this day, when Moses has read, the veil lies on their hearts. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. That's us. Now the Lord is the spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is... Liberty, there's freedom, new wineskin, amen. But we, but we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image. Whose image? The, The image of Jesus. I've been transformed. I like the word transfigured. 
Some of the translations will actually have the word transfigured. That means my, my shape is changing into the shape of Jesus. My heart, my attitude, my emotions, everything I am as a person is being transfigured. I just wanted to put that in there tonight. Because we've, we're all on a journey, but we now have to start taking responsibility. We can't say, well, you know, because of this in my life, that in my life, this, and we start blaming all the circumstances. You've got to take all those circumstances and nail them to the cross and get back to a place where you allow Jesus to come and transform your life. Come inside, people. Just come inside. Hallelujah. And so, I want to tell you a story, and this is a true story. How many of you remember when you were a young person? Like when, I'm, when I say young person, when I was young, when I met D, I was a young person. Amen? And when I was a young person, my, I had a waist of 28, you know, 28, chest of 104. Amen? You remember those days, Jeff? And I remember when I met D, you know, I, I was... Uh, I was uh, just um, one of those guys. I was a ranger, game ranger. I, I was very adventurous. And I had a favorite T-shirt that I liked to wear. It was a tank top. Do you remember the tank top? It only came until there so that she could see my, my rack, you know, the beer rack. What do they call it? Six Your six-pack. Sorry, not my rack, my six-pack. And so... Um, <laughs> sorry, man. Where I'm from, listen, we, we've had to learn, you know, we're from South Africa via Australia, and you guys use words we don't use, and you guys, you know, you guys use words we don't use, but we use words you'll never use. It just doesn't sound right. And so I have to watch it all the time. So it wasn't a rack, it was a what? Six pack. Six and so I remember that I would put my t-shirt on and Dee would tell me, man, you're such a good looking guy and I'm so excited about being married to you. And I'd walk around with my PT shorts on and my running shoe. And you know what PT shorts are? They, they, they're really high and they got a little slit. Amen. And man, I felt like Tarzan, man. It was amazing. And I'd have my, my little t-shirt on and Dee was so excited about that. And uh, <laughs> she's just rolling her eyes. And so, but then... Then the t-shirt, the t-shirt was put away. I'm trying to tell you, this is what happens. This is, and so years later, like 10 years later, I'm no longer, I no longer have a 28 weight. I've grown up in terms of the physical. I've been married 10 years. I find my tank top. I'm thinking, man, I'm going to get as many um, compliments from D when I first put it on. So in my mind, I'm thinking, man, she's, she was, she's going to bless me. She's going to bless me, you know. And uh, I, I put that thing on. I couldn't even get it over my arms. I mean, I couldn't, even, I couldn't even get it over my neck. And D said to me, what are you doing? You need to burn that thing. And I was so miserable. And I remember I had to have a funeral for this t-shirt because D wouldn't allow me to wear it. And I'm thinking about this. And when I thought about the story, I'm thinking that's what we've done in the church. We keep on holding on to old wineskins. We start, we, some, of, uh, some of the things we hold on to spiritually is just like that shirt. 
We hold on to old mindsets. We hold on to all sorts of old religious mindsets. And we, and we never move from a place of dormancy to a place of life. And we can't even recognize when God moves in the meeting. We don't even know what it means when the anointing's in the room. We've forgotten what it feels like to receive from the Lord Jesus. We don't know what it means when worship is operating and people are getting healed. I've been in meetings when people have got healed and congregation members have got offended. That's all one skin. Old wineskin will keep you in a religious cave and you'll never be able to walk out your destiny with great faith and great vision. That's old wineskin. What worked for a season, listen to me saints, what worked for a season is not going to work in this season. We are in a new season. This is a new era. How many of you sense we've just stepped into a new era? You've got to understand the navigational tools you had 10 years ago ain't going to work in this season. We've got to become so aware of what God is doing. And so the longer we have, the, now listen to this next statement. This is, I think this is the coolest statement I've ever written down. The longer we have walked with God, the longer we have walked with God, the greater the challenge we have in not remaining the same. You see, we, as I've walked with God over these years, I've been born again 41 years. I've, I've been in full-time ministry 35 of those, of those 41 years. And I want to tell you the greatest challenge in my life is I don't want to remain the same. I don't want to be the same. I, I want to be different. I want to, my speech needs to be different. My vision needs to be different. My, the concept I have about the kingdom needs to be different. I want to be the light of the world. I want to be the salt of the earth. I don't want to just be somebody that has a fish on the backside of my car, but I never utter a word about God's goodness. I never speak about God's mercy. I never speak about God's love. I never speak about the fact that he's accepted you. You're acceptable. We, we've got to break out of the casing of the old and get into the new. Amen. Come on. And so what areas in, in our life cause us to operate in an old wineskin? Let me give you something. Let me give you a couple. And let me just read uh, Proverbs 26. And then I'm going to give you some areas in our lives that cause us to operate in old wineskins. Proverbs. Let's go to Proverbs real quick. Proverbs. And let's go and have a look at Proverbs 26. And let's see what the Bible says. Proverbs 26. 26. 26. 26. 26. Thank you, Lord. And after that, let me tell you, I never had any old t-shirts left in the house. <laughs> they all disappeared. Proverbs 26, 24 to 28. Listen to what it says. 26, what did I say? 24 to 28. Proverbs 26, 24 to 28. Okay, so I don't know why I put that in there. This is old wineskin. This is just old mindset. He who hates disguises it with his lips and lays up deceit within himself. That's old wineskin. When he speaks kindly, do not believe him. For there are seven things in his heart. Seven 
sins in his heart. Though his hatred is covered by the seed, his weakness will be revealed before the assembly. Whoever digs a pit will fall into it. In other words, we've got to watch our, our hearts because many times people will say, how are you doing? And will say, oh, we're very well, thank you. And God bless you. But because there's been deceit in our lives, because we're old wineskin, we're actually deceiving people to think we love them. See, that's old wineskin. Amen? Do we really love the world? Do we really love the sinner? Do we really love the lost? Or are we only interested to accommodate those people that we are familiar with? See, that's the test. But let me give you just some areas um, that cause us to operate as an old wineskin. Number one is fear. Fear of man. Fear will cause you to avoid change. See, fear doesn't want you to change. Fear wants you to stay in this place where we never change. We actually are preserving who we are. We're not prepared to step out on the water. So fear will cause you never to change. So you don't change. You don't move forward. You don't move backwards. And then, listen to what fear does. And then we try and control things instead of trusting God. So let me, read that, let me read that statement again. Fear will cause you to avoid change, and then we try to control everything instead of trusting God. So I can, I can control my little world as long as I'm in control. I'm going to keep you at arm's length, and I'm just not going to change. I'm not going to allow you into my world. That's old wine skin. Old wine skin. Have you ever met people like that? They just want to be in control all the time. Number two, tradition. I met many, many people in church and they'll say, that's my tradition. Wow. Tradition makes us so comfortable that we close up to change. I remember there was a story. We used to live, when we ministered in Louisiana, we would stay with this old couple. And she told us a story one day. And I'm thinking, wow, that's a great story. She said all her nieces in the family, right from her grandmother and her great-grandmother and everybody that made a a ham at New Year, I mean at uh, Thanksgiving, would have a ham or Christmas, whenever you have hams. And they would cut the bone out. And then one day she said to her niece, why are you cutting the bone out? She said, because my grandmother did that. And her mother did it. So I really don't have an explanation why I cut the bone out. And many times in church, we'll do certain things because of our tradition, but it has nothing to do with what God's kingdom wants us to do. So tradition, the way we lift our hands. How many of you know that charismatics actually can become traditional? Whoa, that went over like a lead balloon. Can you understand my accent? I said, I said, Even charismatics can become traditional. Even the charismatic maniacs, the people that are, and I'm not saying you maniacs. What I'm saying is the people that I know, the people that we deal with all over the world that are born again and spirit filled, sometimes they also can become traditional in the way they do stuff. Amen? Come on. I can tell you, I used to laugh. We did myself when. Did our training at Rama, and I remember I used to watch the ladies clap, and they had this way of clapping because they didn't want to break their nails. And we have all these traditional things we do. Come on, church, let's just be a little. You don't have to be on edge tonight. Just relax. <laughs> but tradition will keep you from moving into that whole area of being a new wineskin. The third one's pride. Pride. Listen to what pride does. It creates a mindset 
We only want to receive from certain people. And then others, we don't want anything to do with them. It's only a certain people that we want to have relation. That's pride. I don't want so-and-so to lay hands on me. I only want so-and-so to lay hands on me. I don't want to listen to that. And so pride keeps us from becoming a new wineskin. We've got to make a decision in the season to stay free from tradition and the fear of man. We've got to focus on God's move in the season. God is moving on the earth. And so I want to position myself where God's moving. I want to get, if I have to get out of old wineskin, old thinking, change my mindset, whatever I have to do to find my lane and run in my lane, knowing my assignment, I've got to do some things. I've got to adjust my lifestyle. I've got to adjust my prayer life. I've got to adjust my worship life. I've got to adjust my relational life. I have to adjust all these different things because I don't want to miss the moment. There's things happening in the spiritual realm all the time. And sometimes because of tradition, old mindsets, pride, fear, anxiety, and all this stuff, we miss out on the moment of God, and then we get offended with churches that are experiencing revival. How come God's moving here? How come, how come that's not fair? We just had the best prophet in the whole city come to our church and nothing happened. Well, that's not the prophet's fault. Perhaps it's because you're an old wineskin. Amen? Say that's for the church down the road. You've got to watch that. You've got to watch your heart all the time. And so I'm looking at this stuff. Listen to me. The Holy Spirit should override any other voice in your life. The Holy Spirit should override any other voice in your life so you don't limit God's voice. Amen? See, in Corinthians, he's speaking about a veil. That the, these people, are still, they, they, they still have a veil so that when the word is read, the Old Testament is read, they still can't get it because they, their minds and their ears and their eyes are still covered with a veil of religion. And we've got to get a veil off. We've got to get it off and say, God, I want to be hearing what you're saying. Amen. Come on. How many of you realize that even an old wineskin, I've met people that have a judgmental attitude? They're just judging everybody. That's old wineskin. The people that hate, people walk around hating everybody else, old wineskin. I mean, this is not, this is just, you don't have to be a space cadet to understand it. This is jealous. People that are just jealous all the time, offended all the time, upset all the time. You can't make them happy. They're just upset. There's nothing that you can do to satisfy them. It's old wineskin. And the sad thing is, they're in church. And they're thinking, well, to going to get we're going to receive from jesus jesus i ain't coming near that thing it's all full and old wineskin amen Come on. i don't know if you ever heard of this saying word but in australia it was a big saying word even in south africa you don't bite the hand that feeds you you don't go you don't you don't hurt people you don't manipulate and control people that are trying to help you that's just not a, that's not a good thing. But I believe in this season, we've got to become new wineskin. And so as a new wineskin, we've got to continue to receive revelation through his word. I want to be positioned to receive revelation continuously. Getting insight, getting understanding. So let me, let me just share with you some, some amazing things in the word tonight. Just 
for you to understand um, in terms of the wineskin. As a wineskin, we've got to continue to receive revelation through his word, getting fresh insight. And so let me just give you some, some, some characteristics here of a new wineskin. New wineskin. We've got to stay free of tradition and the fear of man. You've got to stay free of tradition and the fear of man. Be open to change. Start to discern what God is doing. Keep your heart free from anything that is resistant to change. Amen? Come on. We look back over 60 years, 70 years, 80 years, when the Pentecostal movement started happening around the world. You know how many people resisted it? When people put their hands in there. I came out of the Presbyterian church. And anybody that put their hands in there and spoke in tongues was from the devil. Hallelujah. I got saved. Amen. And then we heard about the prophets and everybody said, man, we don't want any. Those are all false prophets. And then the apostolic movement and then the fivefold ministry and then this movement and that movement. And now we're in this amazing season where we realize all those movements were actually sent by the Lord to prepare the bride for the coming of Jesus. Amen. And there's a lot of people. I remember my brother-in-law and I would call Tom Ingalls an apostle of worship. He teaches on worship. His ministry has gone around the world. I don't know how many thousands and thousands of people he's graduated out of the school of worship called Psalmody. He's had graduates in Holland, in Germany, in Norway, in all those Baltic countries over there. And I want to tell you, man, it, it was amazing. Tom Ingalls, he's actually married to Dee's sister. And I travel with Tom and we've had some amazing um, things happen around the world. But he was in a church in Seattle. And I want you to listen to this. A big church, probably two, three thousand people in this church. And he was teaching them about worship. And people were just crying out. They were worshiping. They were clapping. People were dancing down the aisles. Leaders were weeping. Pastors were weeping. This was a big conference for this specific church organization. And the leader of this church organization came after like the second or third day. And he came and sat in front with his arms folded. And Tom knew there's trouble. Everybody else is dancing. Everybody else is weeping. Everybody's worshiping. And this guy's sitting there with his arms folded. And the next thing Tom realized, this guy was going to cut that thing short. And guess what happened? When Tom left, he got up in front of all those leaders and every one of those people that were worshiping. And he said, we will not worship like that. We will not entertain that type of worship. And you know what happened to that denomination? It's gone today. It doesn't exist. Old wineskin. Old wineskin. So you've got to be sure. What are you listening to? Who are you listening to? What are you perceiving? Because let me tell you, if God wants me to hang off this roof like a bat, I'm going to hang like a bat. Because I'm so desperate for God. Amen? Ain't nothing going to stop me in this season of my life. And so you've got to start thinking about what is your measuring stick in terms of what God wants you to do and how God wants you to manifest his glory in the season. Amen. And so let's look at a couple of things I believe that is, that is significant uh, in terms of the characteristics of a new, new wineskin. Number one, being, being teachable. We are willing to receive and change. That's the key. Amen. Even that dog agreed. <laughs> we can receive input and acknowledge 
that God is raising up validated leaders that we can receive from. I'm a disciple of Jesus. I haven't made it. I'm, I've not been perfected. I'm in the stage of being perfected until Jesus comes, but I'm not yet perfected. But in the season and the journey as a disciple, I'm continuously learning and adapting to the way God wants me to adapt. So I'm adapting. I'm always, I'm, 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 being, I'm being filled. I'm adapting. I'm malleable. I'm a shock absorber. I'm, I'm continuously just moving. And it's like I'm just, I'm just finding that place where I can fit in with God. Amen. I haven't become rigid. You know what the word rigid means? You use the word rigid? Just rigid, nothing can, no, nothing can, you don't want anything to flow in. You know, you just have your little way, you have your mannerisms, you're never going to change. Amen, come on. I had a grandmother like that. She was so rigid. I'm telling you, she, you, put, you, put, you, you pick up a, a, a box of tissues and put it on, on her side on table. She'll move that box of tissues where it was. Everything's got its place. She moves things around 15 times until she's got the mark. See, we, you need to stop being like that. You've got to be teachable. A spirit of teachableness needs to come back on the church. Amen? Come on. Amen. Number two, stay flexible. Stay flexible. Amen? Don't say, when people say, you know, I've got this thing and I've heard this, don't say, well, I've never heard that before, so I'm not going to receive it. To be open and say, okay, God, I'm going I'm I'm to take that, but I'm going to spit out the bones and swallow the meat. Amen? Come on. Spit out the bones and swallow the meat. Some of you have swallowed the bones and the meat. That's why you look like you have spiritual... I wanted to say something bad. You're constipated. You don't know how to move in the things of the Lord. Amen? If it doesn't suit your style, you get offended. You're not teachable. You're not flexible. What's gone? Now, I'm not saying you have to compromise. But we've got, to stay calm. we've got to stay flexible. We're willing to shift our mindset about things. Amen? Number three, we know how to grow and adapt around resistance. This is a big one. We know how to grow. Because how many of you have never, ever felt any resistance? How many of you have felt resistance? Both hands, both feet. But we need to know how to operate around resistance. How do we grow under resistance when there's pain, when things are happening? Let's go to James chapter 1. Let me show you. There's a key in James chapter 1. And I'm telling you, this is the cry of heaven right now, that the church becomes a new wineskin so that Jesus himself can pour himself into who we are and around who we are. Amen. Come on. God so longs to have communion with you. He so longs to be in community with you. And so, yeah, in James chapter 1, it says, James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad. Greetings. I love the way James writes, my brethren, count it all joy, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. You see, that's the key right there. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liber liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let them ask in faith with no doubting, for you doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man's 
suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded and unstable in all his ways. But the key principle here, guys, is this. Count it all joy. In other words, I don't have a heart that when there's resistance, listen to me. How many of you know that many times resistance may not be from the devil? We blame the devil for too many things. Maybe God's resisting you because of your pride. Maybe he's trying to get your character to, to start budding. Amen? Come on. He's getting you around some difficult people. And the one thing you can, you can t- ask my wife, she'll tell you the truth. I had to learn to be patient. Amen? Come on, I'd be fidgeting, I'd be, I'd be scratching, I'd be looking, my eyes would be going like this. I was, I'm probably the most, I was the most impatient until one day I took some people on a safari because we used to have our own safari business. And so I'm driving with a whole group of people and they know that I'm a Christian. And so yeah, I'm driving along and a tortoise starts walking across the road. And you can't get out there because there's lions, there's elephants, there's buffalo. Everything will chomp you down. They'll eat you for breakfast. So I can't just get out the car and move the tortoise. So I'm sitting there thinking, I've, I've got to get these people back to Johannesburg. There's wildlife here. And this tortoise is like... I was instantly delivered. Some of you need an instantaneous deliverance. Come on. And then we go, to, we go to Romans and we use the excuse because we, we quote Paul. And Paul says, I'm, what a wretched man I am. The thing I want to do, I do not. And the things I do not want to do, I do. And the things I want to do, I don't want to do. And we quote that as an excuse to get away being an old wineskin. Stop that. Tonight, God is saying to you as a, as a community of believers on this island, I want you to become a new wineskin. I want you to live your life out of that place of communion with me. Wherever you go, I want you to leave a fragrance of my glory. I want people to know that the Jesus you love is a Jesus that loves. Amen. That you are quick to lay hands on the sick. Quick. D and myself, we have been praying, I don't know how long for. Our greatest prayer is that every person that we lay hands on gets healed. We've been praying that. That is the, one of the greatest manifestations of God's love for somebody. Is him healing. doesn't mean it's wrong we've got to get into alignment with god and say i know that the supernatural how many of you can actually explain to me in detail the supernatural realm anybody no we may talk about it just slightly but none of us have an in-depth revelation of the spiritual realm at all how many of you know that the spiritual realm is just as active as the natural realm but we seldom go there We seldom speak about it. Just because we haven't seen it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. 
And many times we're very, very cautious when we hear about this meeting or that meeting. I remember when Rodney Howard Brown came to our church. He was our lecturer at Rhema. I'd never seen people laugh before. And there I was sitting, 900 students, and the next thing, people are lying on the floor, and they were laughing, people were weeping, people were crying. There was all sorts of manifestations going on, and I sat there thinking, wow, I wonder if this is from the Lord. And then the spirit of laughter came on me, and I laughed like a lunatic for three hours. And I'm thinking, what happened to me after three hours? Well, it wasn't something that somebody made up. And then years later, I get to travel with Rodney Howard Brown to Papua New Guinea. How many of you know where Papua New Guinea is? It's in the middle of nowhere. It's like one of the islands on the backside of Australia, and then you have Fiji, Papua New Guinea, and all those different islands. So I fly with Rodney Howard Brown. I'm thinking, man, I'm going to check this guy out. I'm his, he wants me to go with him, so I'm with him. And there's another guy called Tim Hall. We're all on a plane. There's like 16 of us fly over to Papua New Guinea. And then the, the, the next night we have a meeting out in the jungle. 4,000 people come. These people have never heard of Rodney Ad Brown. So I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to check him out. I'm on the platform with him, and I'm going to see how this works. So he gets up there, and he just starts talking. Just like I'm talking to you, just starts to talk. The next thing, 4,000 people, Papua New Guineans, are on the ground laughing. And I realized this is from the Lord. Those people had never heard him preach, never had been in his meeting, never read his books, never heard of him. There was no, there was no planned, coordinated type of deal. These people had never been in his meeting. And when Rodney Hart Brown started to speak, these people started to laugh and weep and cry like I've never seen before. New wineskin. See, we've got to realize that in the season for us to touch the nations, for us to do great exploits in this season, we've got to become new wineskins, guys. There has to be a freshness on our lives. Amen? Come on. We can't be afraid of something just because we haven't seen or experienced it. God is always on the move. How many of you know that God can do whatever He wants? And right now, God is doing whatever He pleases because this is about His Son being glorified. This is about His bride coming into her maturity. This is about the bride growing up and becoming all that God has for the kingdom of God in you. Amen. Come on. So you've got to go back tonight and maybe this week, and you've got to do some self-assessment and say, okay, God, what's happened in my life? Have I become an old wineskin? Have I held on to some old stuff? Have I held on to some old fears? Have I held on to some old religious principles. God, what do I need to do in my life to get delivered from that stuff that's keeping me from receiving the fresh wine? Amen. Amen. Let me tell you when let me tell you when you know when your kids, when your grandkids, when your own children come to you and I'm just I want to be a little transparent here and when they say, "Dad, you're so different." You're so kind when your grandkids can't leave you alone and they just want to be with you and that your kids give you compliments about how merciful and how gracious and how kind and how generous you are. Where just a few months before, they wouldn't come near me because I was an old wineskin. Hello? Church, we've got to become the new wineskin in this, in this era. And you've got to make that your prayer. 
Make it your prayer. Start to pray. Start to ask God. Say, Lord, I thank you that I want to become a new wineskin. God, I thank you that, that, that I want to be so attractive to your glory that you can't pass me by. I want to tell you the most tragic thing is when we do things in the flesh and then God has to pass us by and God has to find another generation and God has to find another city. God has to find another people. Just move this out of the way for me. God has to find other people because he can't find us we're not ready to receive from him that's tragic how many of you know that god works in generations god thinks generationally matthew chapter one the whole new testament starts with god speaking about generations and this generation and this and listen to me generations matter your family matters Everything you do in the constraints or the or the constraints of your family matters your generation matters Psalms 145 on one generation will lord it, will speak it to other generations. And I want to tell you, as you become a new wineskin in the season, where you've learned to lay things down before the Lord, and you've learned to crucify self, and you've learned to take up the cross, and you've learned to die to all those different things, I want to tell you something. You become so attractive to the Lord Jesus. Amen? I'm not the man I used to be. But I know that there's more in me than the eye can see. In other words, I'm in this season where I know there's constant change. There's constant change. I'm constantly changing. I'm not the same man I was on Sunday. I'm not the same person I was last week. Constant change. I'm aware of it. I'm always aware of the fact that God is taking me from glory to glory, from glory to glory. I'm continuously, continuously, continuously moving from glory. And I want to encourage you. There are people sitting out tonight. This year is going to end better than last year. Amen. Come on. This year is going to be the year of Jubilee. This year is going to be the year where you're going to see, you and your husband are going to see things fall into place that you never thought was possible. Amen? Come on. And sometimes you're going to say to him, I, I think we're just dreaming. Is this a dream? And God says, no, it's not a dream. It's the reality of my love for you and your husband and your family. So, Father, we just thank you for Maui and her husband. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Same things with you guys. You guys have been waiting and trusting. And you've been saying, this is what you've been saying. You've been saying, God, I want more. I desire more of your glory. I desire more of your kingdom. I desire, I want to see your kingdom come. Amen? Is that right? Yes. You desire, there's this thing going on in the inside of you. Because you know there's more. You know there's more. So, Father God, we just thank you. You have this creative anointing on your life, and God wants to use you in this whole area of creative arts and all those creative things. You can see the potential in people, and that's how God uses you. He uses you through, through music. Amen? And so, Lord, we just thank you for this family. We thank you, Lord, that you use them in the season, and you didn't make a mistake. I just, I, I don't know why I'm saying that to you. You didn't make a mistake in coming to America. And I know there was a, a sense, there was a lot of backlash. And God says, no, I'm restoring that back to you. Even relationships that were really, really on the end, on the, uh, that was like right there, it was like some of the relations actually were affected by you coming to America, and God's, especially in your family. And God says, I'm restoring those things back to you. Amen. Especially you, my brother. So God wants to encourage you because he wants you to know you have the capability of becoming a new wineskin.
Thank you, Lord Jesus. God is not going to leave things unturned in your life. There's things there. God says, I'm turning things around, and I'm going deeper with you, and I'm going to start to reveal things to you that you thought you were not, you were not privileged to experience. But I'm telling you in the season, God is going to open up the windows of heaven, and he's going to reveal things to you, the questions that you had, the questions about people dying prematurely, the things in your life that you spoke about. God says, I'm going to just lay hands on her, somebody. Father, in the name of Jesus, Thank you, Lord. That was a big thing that I just said. And God says, you have had all these different things going on in your mind. And God says, tonight, I'm giving you deliverance. I'm delivering you. I'm giving you insight. And I'm going to show you why I did certain things. Because there's some things that just don't add up. And it's like it's followed you around and you just can't shake it off. And there's even been times in your life that you have had self-condemnation. You've condemned yourself. And you've said, God, it's my fault. And God says, no, I'm removing that off you tonight because I want you to know that you're my daughter, that I love you, that I have a plan and a purpose for you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. That is, that is a very profound word right there. Father God, we just thank you. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you. Are you guys together? Is that your husband? you know that man? Okay, hold hands. Just hold hands. Father God, we just thank you. I want you to stand up. Is that okay? Father God, we just thank you. But you know, the reason why I want you to stand up, I want you to know that there's strong leadership on you. Strong, supernatural. God says, I've called you for such a time as this. And the Lord says, the days of wavering are over. I'm planting you, and I'm going to show you by my spirit that you've got things to do. You've got a teaching gift. You have a teaching anointing, and she has a prophetic worship anointing on her life, and God wants to stir it up. And the Lord says, I'm going to start to um, barricade. I'm going to start to renew and strengthen. I just see God strengthening this wall. This is not a fortress. It's more like a wall, and that's and you the wall. You, you're the substance. And God says, there's not going to be another season of... Um, of, of an inconsistency. God says, I'm going to start meeting your needs and I'm going to start to show you how to activate those giftings and those anointings. I just feel you guys have been like in the season of warfare. And God says, I'm, bringing, I'm breaking the warfare off. I'm bringing the warfare to an end. You've been prepared for such a time as this. But I'm telling you tonight, I don't know what you do, but there's a call of leadership on you and God says, it's going to be made clear in this season. In Jesus' name. Amen? Have you, how many children do you have? Okay, this is another thing I want to say to you. Stand up. I felt the Lord say, in that whole area of children, I'm about to do a miracle. I'm about to do a Dean myself have seen over 180 women that were barren, that, had, that were, had actually letters, medical letters, saying they were barren, have children. So I've seen the results. So I want you to lay hands on her womb. Not her lungs. Right there. In, in Jesus. Now, I don't know if you've been trusting God, but I felt that it's, it's been an issue. It's been an issue there, and God wants to restore and bring forth a great fertile. That barrenness comes to an end tonight. In the name of Jesus.
And I thank you, Lord, that there will not be war. There will not be conflict in this area of babies and having children. And, Father God, that she and him will not feel pressurized. So, Father, tonight in the name of Jesus, I speak prophetically over her womb. I speak prophetically over his body. I make an apostolic decree tonight that this household will be filled with, with, with the voice and the crying of children. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Yeah, give God a hand. There's, there's people on this island that I prophesied to. Cody, she couldn't fall pregnant. Bang. Not only did she have one, she had two. There, was, there are multitudes. We've seen multitudes and multitudes. And God is going to reveal himself to you through that. In Jesus' name. Father God, we just thank you. We thank you. I see and I feel, Brother Jeff, um, I, just, I just see just a clear picture of Jesus himself handing you a brand new navigational system. And he's going to lead you by his spirit. And you are going to see such an increase of great favor and blessing. And you are going to know the purpose because the, the, word, the thing that's in your heart more than anything else, you're saying, God, what's the purpose? What's the purpose? What is the destiny? What is the, what is the plan? Why, God? Why am I actually, why do I exist? And God's going to show you in this season why you exist, that you've become a spiritual father, that you've become a man that can lead other people into places of hope and blessing. And you will see your household become a household of faith. You'll see your grandson become a household of faith. You'll see your grandkids become a household of faith. You'll see your daughter and her husband become the instruments that God wants them to be. So this is not a season of just seeing, you know, the deplete. It's going to not going to be going to be a, de a season of, de of being depleted. It's going to be a season of more than enough. Pressed down, shaken about, and running over, brother. Amen? Because of your faithfulness in Jesus' name. Father God, we just thank you. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord. What's your name? Ethan, how many music instruments do you play? You're learning the piano. Spot on. Because you have an anointing to worship. You have an anointing for worship. You have an anointing to write songs. You have an anointing to bring that whole desire of, of the heart of God. And, you know, God's going God's to restore the tabernacle of David in this season. And you, get, you need to get your, 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 is that your mum? You need to get your grandmum, your grandmother to explain that what I just said to you. Because there's such an anointing on his life. And it's not just going to be the piano. It's going to be other music instruments as well. And I felt the Lord also say there's going to be a season where he'll lead other kids. There'll be a leadership anointing on him to lead others. Is that your granddaughter over there? What's your name? Alexi, I just feel tonight um, that God's going to heal Alexi. There's an anointing on her, but there's a healing that's going to take place in her heart. God's going to heal your heart. God's going to restore things in your heart. Where things were just a little difficult and maybe a little um, just frustrating for you. And sometimes you didn't know how to deal with some things. But tonight I just saw, I felt the Lord say, tell her I'm healing her heart. I'm giving her the confidence. I'm giving her the vision. Because when you were a little kid, you had all these things to say. You spoke like 25,000 words a minute. Come here, I want to lay hands on her. Just come up here. Just let, yeah, 
God wants to heal you tonight. Because you have dreams, you have desires, you have so much going on in your heart. I want you to reach out your hand to this precious young woman. God loves you so much. And you're going to become a fruit tree. You're going to bear fruit. And you're going to speak with great authority. Your brother's a great dreamer, but you're the speaker. And it's like in the last couple of years, the last year and a half, probably 15 to 80 months, it's like you've just like, okay, Lord, I just don't have anything to say anymore. And the Lord says, I'm going to awaken that up. Amen? Have you ever given your life to Jesus? Then you're a child of the King. You have the same benefits that any of us in this room have. And so I'm going to pray, Father, in the name of Jesus. What's your name? Alexi. Alexi, Father, in the name of Jesus. I thank you that Alexi will break out, Father, and she will become the woman you want her to be, God. I thank you for the boldness. I thank you for the strength. I thank you for the expression. I thank you for the dreams and the desires that she has that will come to the forefront. And, Lord, would you heal the whole area in her life concerning a father figure and a mother figure. Lord, that you would do such an incredible miracle in her heart. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, woman of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I just feel, what's your name? Yes, ma'am, you. Yes. Lelani, God is about to um, intervene. God is about to intervene in a situation that has spiraled out of control. And God says, I am going to intervene and I'm going to put my hand on it and I'm going to restore it and I'm going to bring things back to life that you thought could never come back to life. God is going to do it for you and your family in Jesus' name. Amen. This is not the season to blame God. This is not the season to have people blaming each other. And, and No, this is the season of getting still before God and allowing him to bring the resurrection that needs to come. Amen. Is that right? It's time. And sometimes you're going to just have to go. Yeah, but you've got to learn that. Because in the season, while you being still, God can work for you. While you're trying to be your own advocate, God can't work for you. Because the Bible says that he gave you an advocate called the Holy Spirit. So don't try and be your own advocate. Let the Holy Spirit be the advocate. Because in the next couple of weeks, you're going to see the fruit of that. And you're going to see breakthrough of that. And you see restoration that will come. Amen. And not only will there be restoration, there will be restitution financially. Amen. Okay. Father, we just thank you. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father, for your goodness. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you. That young man, again, what's your name? You are longing for the things of God. You've been longing for God for so long. And you've been so wanting to be connected, so wanting to be part of. And I just feel tonight the Lord is going to speak to you clearly about the next season and how you need to connect and who you need to connect with and how you need to be discipled. I just feel that, that this, there's like this hunger. I can just see it on you. There's this hunger and desire just to run off to God. And you, you've got to make some decisions about that in Jesus' name. Father, we just thank you. We thank you, Lord. Lord. We praise you, Lord. God is good. Amen.
Thank you, Jesus. Father God, we praise you. We thank you. We thank you, Lord. That guy with the black T-shirt on, sitting right at the back there. Just stand up for a second. Yes, sir. And this guy, where's this guy? This guy as well. This guy, just stand up for me. This man right here. Yes, sir. Right there. Thank you, Jesus. I'll start with you first. I feel the Lord is saying that he's giving you a new name. There's a new name. New identity, new peace, new joy. And uh, I just feel you're in the season where you've got to start making some choices. Amen. And in the this, in this season of choices, you've got to make a decision where you want to be planted. And so I just feel the Lord says, I'm giving you a new name. The name that God's given you is victory in Jesus' name. And then I felt for you, my brother, that you have, you have great, look at me, you've got, look at me, brother, you've got wings you're not using. I saw eagle's wings, and the enemy tells you every day you've got sparrow wings. No, you've got eagle's wings. There's an eagle anointing on you. There's a governmental anointing on you. You've got to use that in the kingdom. Don't allow shame from the past to try and overtake you. Don't allow circumstances from the past to try and blot out your purpose. You've got to rise up in the season and you've got to take your position and you've got to say, yes, this is what God says I am. If God thinks about me this way, then man can't talk me out of my dream. Amen? So you've got to start to believe what God says you are. Because when I look at you, I saw an eagle. I didn't see a budgie. I didn't see a cockatiel. I didn't see a sparrow. I saw an eagle. You're an eagle. And you've got to start to live as an eagle. The Bible says that eagles will go right up high and they will hear what God says. Those that wait upon the Lord will rise up as eagles. And I just see God saying to you, I'm going to raise you up in the season as an eagle so that you can fulfill destiny. Amen. Can I say one more thing to you? You will not miss any more opportunities because there's been many opportunities that you've missed and other people took the opportunities that it was supposed to come your way. But God says in this season, I'm giving you back the opportunities that you missed. In Jesus name. Amen. Well, church, I want you to lay hands on yourself just like this. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you that I am a new wineskin, a new wineskin. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you pouring out new wine into this wineskin. Thank you, Lord. You never called me to survive. You called me to succeed. Thank you, Lord, that I am the light of the world and the salt of the earth. That our island Maui, say that again, our island Maui will see revival because I'm a new wineskin in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. What's your name? What's your name? Leanne and Bill? Billy, I like that, and Rick. Rick, are you guys all together? I want to just pray for you as a family. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for this family. I want to tell you something. I don't know what your backgrounds are or your past affiliations, but I want to tell you, you are in the palm of God's hand right now. And God is working things out 
God, I just see God working things out. That all the stuff, all the, all the circumstances, all the stuff that keeps on breaking over you, like somebody that's in the, in the surf, and just when you get your head out of the surf, there's another wave and another wave. And God says, I'm going to put my hand on the wave and, re- and release peace. And I just see you guys coming into a season of rest and peace, and you, you, you are going to be able to complete the projects that you need to c- complete. In Jesus' name. You're going to be able to complete the projects that you need to complete. And, and right now, it's like, God, will I be able to do this? Will I? And I just see all these projects because you're very innovative. I see God giving you innovative ideas. You guys have so, you've got such innovative ideas. And God wants to create, and I know that we don't like to talk about this, but God wants you to create wealth streams for other people. There's, there's wealth streams. And so... Just know that sometimes we have all this resistance because the devil doesn't want you to fulfill those things. And so you guys carry such an anointing on your lives for income and then also wealth streams for other people. So, Lord, we just thank you for supernatural insight, supernatural insight. Father God, we thank you for this young man, Billy. We thank you, Lord, for his heart. We thank you, Lord, that you ministered to him. We thank you, Lord, that you give him insight and understanding. And, Lord, I pray for a supernatural spirit of contentment. I just feel contentment coming on Billy tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Pastor.